to Beyond the Ring, a podcast that covers all things in the stock show industry from the informative to the insane, starring Ryan Rash. I don't know exactly what's wrong with me, but I'm certain it takes entirely too much money to figure out. And Dale Hummel. Bad, bad, bad. Now on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Ring. This is Dale Hummel alongside co-star Ryan Rash. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Turkey Day! It's not Turkey Day yet. Turkey Week. By the time they hear this, Turkey Day will be over and most people in America will have been arrested. They will, depending on what state you live in. You including. No, Illinois is a recommendation, not a mandate. You have people from like 10 states there. Dale, you're going to jail. Outside of Chicago, it is a recommendation. Do not gather. to jail. If no one else turns you in, I'm turning you in. Did I tell you I have a front gate? Uh, it's broken, and I know a tank can run over it, even if it's not broken. <laughs> I'm sending in the National Guard. And people in the Midwest bus front gates. What happens to, to those that are trying to protect their homes? St. Louis, maybe? You remember anything about that? Yeah, well, they didn't shoot anybody. And they're going to jail, too, just like you are, sir. And they should have been allowed to shoot every damn one of them. So, Next, what, what, what are the current events besides Turkey Day and you can't have your family over? What else is there? Well... As much as this pains me to say it, it is what it is. And Joe Biden is the next president of the United States. I, I'm not sure I can bring myself to say that. I can. Ex- That's why I did it for you. I can accept that the legal battles that are going on will hopefully at, at the least maybe change the election procedure. But I think when COVID came along and we opened up and changed all the rules, it opened up so many holes with the mail-in ballots and all the issues that came into play. I don't believe it's possible to overcome. I'm still not saying at this point that I want to hear that Joe Biden is going to be the next president, but it appears as though we are going that direction. Well, you can say it, but whatever, but I mean, even the Trump administration allowed their transition team to get in there and start. and so. I think they know it. And also another reason, if you just read his tweets and stuff like that, you you can tell there's definitely a change in attitude. And he has also signaled to many people that he is running again in 2024. I have seen that indication. And this is a difficult one. I guess at this point, I'm more focused on the Georgia Senate race and even more concerned about how that's going to come out. Well, because the end of the world lives and dies in the state of Georgia. (laughs) And when Ryan says the end of the world, I'm not joking. No, we're not not talking about dramatic as a gay. I'm serious people. Now the gay is very dramatic. I'm not being dramatic about this. (laughs) This one, it's allowed of the world begins, ends, lives and dies in the state of Georgia right now. Would not Chuck Schumer mention something? Dale, you have talked about how, like, if you've ever donated money to a campaign and all this other stuff, that this would be the one. And so what my contribution is going to be is I am going to move to Hotlanta and convert gay men (laughs) into Republicans between now and the Senate runoff. That that is going to be my contribution. You can move to Hotlanta and you can get one more vote by moving. And it is legal to move to Georgia right now before the election. Frightening. I am going to convert. You are not going to convert one damn gay you from the liberal side. You do not know community. my powers, sir. I know the gay population is not going to go for the Republican side. 
I'm telling you, this is my mission in life. I'm moving to Atlanta, and I'm going to convert only the good-looking ones, the average to bad-looking ones. I don't care about them. The good-looking ones, I'm going to convert them over. How many, out of, just out of curiosity, how many gay conservatives do you know? Two. Okay. So start. That starts better than just one. Well, actually, okay, I know one for sure. The other one votes for Trump, but I wouldn't consider that person a conservative because he really doesn't like politics. He just likes that his 401k was in good hands when Trump was in office. So he voted for Trump both times. But uh, speaking, so. speaking of the 401k, I had a chance to visit with a financial advisor I consider a very good friend and highly intelligent last night. And I talked to him a little bit about we where We didn't they, talk about 401ks last night. No, I'm telling you, I spoke with a financial advisor last night. And you brought up 401k, so the stock market has you done well. You said that you talked to a highly intelligent person that you think, oh, we did not talk about that. That had to be me that you were talking about. <laughs> no, it was not you. It was not. Anyway, the stock market has done well. I, I assumed with the assumption of Biden coming into the White House, the stock market would get beat up a little bit. It appears as though, obviously, the stock market likes gridlock in politics, and they're assuming the Georgia Senate race is going to hold for the Republicans. What the stock market likes is divided branches of government. So, they, Yeah, they want very little change. Well, I mean, they, like, they like divided branches of government. So if the White House is in one party and the other – sorry, another two to one, yeah, they like that. They do not like it when – all three are held by one group. But again, we don't know. So if Georgia flips, I can assure you they're not going to like China's oh. involvement back into our economy. China! Painful, painful, painful. Very by the painful. way, everybody buy my China t-shirt for your children at Christmas. It's swimming. By the, by the time this drops, they're going to have one or two days left to be able to buy it prior. I don't time know for Christmas. why that China! One is so much more popular than all my rashisms that I say on the microphone. I'm a little bit offended by that, but that's okay. But yeah, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, moving moving on out of the, the politics side of things, maybe we should talk a little bit about the Arizona National. Oh, you just go from bad to worse, don't you? It's, it's not good, but I, I want to come to their defense that I have been in contact with them and I know the hurdles that they've jumped through and, and how difficult it's been for them to put everything together and they've done everything they possibly can to have that show. I promise you the staff there at the Arizona National, they, they want to have the show at this point, the governor's office. And, and they did a great job of putting out on, on social media, here's, here's what we tried to do and here's what came down and question and answer. I think they've addressed it very well, but it, it is unfortunate that we are having this issue. I don't think that Arizona National would have had these problems if the darn COVID numbers would have went through the roof here the last couple of weeks. Well, the COVID numbers went got higher, and they're going to get higher. And Arizona canceled, and that is tragic. And that was kind of the last big show of this year, 2020, that uh, we never need to speak of again. But anyhow, Arizona National is obviously the biggest and most devastating blow. But there have been shows canceling in multiple states throughout the country of various sizes, shapes, species, and it's not good. And part of it is because Trump didn't win the election. Part of it is because the COVID numbers are back through the roof. But I, 
I'm going to tell you people, and y'all aren't going to like it, COVID numbers are fixing to get way worse because everyone in America is going to celebrate Thanksgiving whether they go to jail or not. And this is the first holiday since Miss Rona has, you know, made her. No, 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 no. You, you are incorrect. No, you. If you would let me finish. No, my you are incorrect. What about the free shopping days in Chicago and Portland and New York? That was kind of like a holiday. That is not a holiday. That is called rioting and looting. Deal. Totally different. Oh, okay. And if you do not, do you not watch the news? Rona does not attack them. So if you would let me finish my statement, Mr. Interruption. You just finish on up. Oh, God. Anyway, this is the first holiday since Miss Rona made her appearance on stage that people actually come together as families from, like, different parts and sections or whatever. You know, the other holidays, people may go out, but, like, they don't spend time in homes and, you know, in close proximity and all this other stuff. So the Rona numbers are going to go up. They went up after the 4th of July. They're at the end of the summer, and they're going to go up again. So y'all get ready for it. So this is not something that is going to go fleetingly into the night. I don't doubt numbers are going to continue to go up. I don't know how much your theory on Thanksgiving, because I'm not a I'm not one that's going to buy into this border thing. Yeah, how many people are in your house? There's going to be four, five extra people for Thanksgiving. Okay. Exactly. From from a couple different states, but I don't think it I matters. Rest my case. It does not matter that they're coming. You don't even have state. antibodies, sir. So therefore, you don't have haven't had the. Okay, Rona. we're gonna we're gonna talk about we are gonna talk about that. You're getting it at Turkey Day, and then you're gonna go to jail, and you're gonna give it to everybody in the jail, and you're gonna be the reason all the shows in Illinois get shut down. Well, I think we're a little late on the shows in <laughs> Illinois, but while while we're on that. There are shows that are digging their feet in and, and going to go forward and new shows popping up. So even though Ryan wants to be pretty negative on the ones that are canceling, I think we're still going to be good there. Let's paint the, the picture for something that I am negative that, that I want to try to address. If Clearly, you do not read my Facebook post, sir. I do not. I have not read your Facebook post. Exactly. For a because while. I put up a very positive, uplifting Facebook post about the cancellations that happened last week. So do not <laughs> tell me I am negative. Okay, we're going to use you as an example in this problem. As Ryan mentioned, I did get an antibody test last week, and I'm negative. I've traveled out of country early in the pandemic. I've judged and participated in shows across the country, including the the California Youth Expo on the the Indian Reservation when the entire state was shutting down. Uh, More recently, the American Royal, the North American. My daughter Tara and I had the chance to go judge a a show in in Mississippi with uh, opposing rings and Lots of kids down there without a lot of social distancing or masks or anything like that. On planes, not as much as a gay, but but probably more than the average person. The small community that I live in is bombarded right now with COVID. I don't know what the, the positivity rate is, but it's really, really high. And somehow I go get an antibody test and it comes back negative. The gay from the beginning. I don't want to predict yet. You could you could give us a guess how many times you've been on airplanes and how many states you've been in since. Been to 23 states. And that would put you on at least 15 plus airlines. I've been on an airplane every week since we started back the last weekend in April, except for two weeks. This will be my third week that I'm not on an airplane because I'm I would like to go on the record right now for all of those of you listening that have the gay Snapchat. 
I would like you to snap him and tell him to get his happy ass and antibody tests so we can conduct our research. I'm going to tell you again, I do not succumb to peer pressure. So, <laughs> ever. My mother well, will testify to the fact since I came out, pressuring me does not work. So, y'all snap your happy asses all you want to. I'm not getting tested for shit. Well, we don't know if he's had antibodies. I'm going to say that he was asymptomatic and he does have antibodies. Is it safe to say, Ryan, you have had zero symptoms whatsoever of Ms. Rona? I have had zero symptoms. I mean, it, it's been all around me from employees, spouses to girlfriends to everything. And, and Ryan, you have been in contact with people that are positive at the time they're positive. Would that be accurate? Oh, yeah. They didn't tell me at the time, but oh, the most the most. Yeah. <laughs> this virus. And, and again, I, I really want to understand it, but it, it is most complicated virus in terms of how it spreads, how it affects certain people and not others. I have a theory that I'm sure Brian would love to hear. Oh, by all means, we are all just waiting on pins and needles. Give it to us. The data indicates that most people that are willing to take a survey, and again, it's kind of like the Trump polls and surveys. They're maybe not as accurate as they need to be. When they take a survey of those that are positive, majority of them, 70 to 80% of them say they have taken extreme efforts, wearing masks, staying home, everything they can do to avoid Miss Rona. With that said, it appeared early on to hit the populated areas like the cities, maybe harder than the rural areas. And I think just an infection in biology takes, takes you down that path. But I think the way it attacks the elderly people with secondary conditions, no, no different than the other virus, but how it leaves alone the younger children because their immune systems and T cells are so active. I think those of us maybe in the livestock industry that are exposed to a lot of different pathogens, uh, immune systems are probably a little more functional than not, that I think it's affecting some of us much harder than others. And I do believe it is directly related to the immune system. I think age plays a role. I think secondary conditions, but I also believe just your general exposure to the environment is going to come into play. And when you think about having Louisville, and Ryan and I talked about this last week, as many people as we're around there with COVID positivity rates as high as they are across the country, we should be coming back from Louisville with a large percentage of people coming down with COVID. I'm not saying there aren't any, and I'm not saying that they even picked it up there, but there's no question there are people that were at Louisville that are probably positive for COVID right now. And I, I don't personally know any of them, and, and I've communicated with quite a few. What I'm saying, if the immune system wasn't as strong as it is in many livestock people, you would see much, much higher COVID rates coming back from the Royal or, or Louisville. And I saw somebody post that Louisville was a super spreader. I don't know where they obtained that data. I don't believe that they did have any data to back that up. I thought everybody was very masked up at Louisville, and the show was run extremely well. But I, I do believe this this virus is going to continue to take us down a path that we don't understand. I hear people saying they're not going to take the vaccine. Others can't wait to get the vaccine. It is the most confusing situation that, that I have ever encountered. Which I'm actually going to say that I think you make a very valid point on your synopsis there, Mr. Hummel. And so y'all mark that down. I said he made a valid point. Once. Once. I hate to start. But uh, I also think that like whoever posted it's a super spreader i don't think they have any factual information for that and again i was at louisville people were very good about wearing the mask again i don't know if the mask helped but i think for them to say that is pretty much bullshit but what i do want to say is 
I think a lot more people have it and have mild symptoms or asymptomatic. And I am going to base this off something that Dale will not find very scientific, but I'm going to say anyway. So y'all know that when the show is over or whatever, that the gay likes to party and I like to go to bars. So I frequent them a lot. And I will say over the last month or so, I have heard this a lot that like people will claim that the drinks are watered down and there's no alcohol in them or anything and there's no taste or they can't taste liquor. And I'm thinking, yeah, you got the Rona and you just don't know it because I'm drinking the same drinks you are and they plenty stout. And so I, oh my data research at its best right there. I'm just telling you that you tell me to go out all the time and research. I am doing the research right there. <laughs> if you could go get an antibody test, that would tell us about everything. I did <sighs> I did visit with a lady earlier today that her son-in-law had symptoms back early, March, um, lost taste and smell, did not go get a test, but recently had another medical procedure done where they drew his blood and they thought, well, we'll test for antibodies. And we're six plus months later and the antibodies are still there. So a lot of these rumors about antibodies lasting two to three weeks. I know this is an individual case, but I call bullshit on, on most of that. If, if antibody response is strong, I, I can't imagine they aren't going to be there for at least six months. And the, the data that we have coming back from some of the first vaccines looks really, really good. I think we're, we're going to, and they can mass produce those vaccines so quickly. I, I believe the average person out there, Ryan and I, would have access to a vaccine March, April, maybe sooner with a little bit of luck. And that's a game changer. I'm, I'm excited for that. And I'm not here to tell anybody whether to take a vaccine or not take a vaccine. I, I am here. I, if you'd I'm like not here to tell you what. Yeah, you need, if you want herd immunity to work, you get your ass vaccinated. Okay. Again. I'm not here to tell people whether they should or should not take a vaccine because I do not force my opinions on people. What I will say is the fact that Biden has kind of come around on this and he is saying that he's going to accept these vaccines and he is going to let the government mass distribute them. He says, I mean, again, he doesn't take office till January 20th. But that's what he's telling people. That will be a game changer for everything. Because and he is he is he is going strong on I don't know if he's going to mandate but he's going to do everything he can to make sure everybody takes a vaccine so he's flipped one eighty on this one but the fact that it is out there and it will be available very soon will change a large majority of the liability issues that these big events are facing and so that is a positive thing and the other thing on the vaccine I see lots of people's social media and. Lots of people have been putting up posts lately. Are you or are you not going to take the vaccine? The one thing that I find the most interesting is almost on every thread that I see this, whether they say yes or no, there is always at least two or three people that have had COVID-19 and they say that they will definitely take the vaccine since they've had it. So just food for thought. That's interesting. And I, I noticed I'm I'm getting antsy. I need to get to Canada to, to look at some cattle. I need to get back down to Argentina. You I'm cannot to... go to Canada. 
I think you can. And as soon as the vaccine comes out. You are not an essential worker, sir. (laughs) Yes, that's part of it. Nothing about you is essential. Agriculture, cattle, essential. It works. It fits. But as soon I noticed on Qantas Airlines, I believe, came out, an Australian airline, that they're going to require proof of vaccine to fly internationally. And I think you're going to see more of that. Again, I don't want to. I'm somewhat joking when I tell you to go get a vaccine. But in all reality, if you want to travel internationally and do some of those things, you're going to have to do a little bit of that and accept that you may have to show. See, that's what Dale gets for trying to tell y'all whether to get vaccinated or not. He gets shut out of the podcast. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. I apologize. So I, I don't know where it's going to end up, but but I, it's going to. And I think it is each person's own right to decide whether they want the vaccine or not. I'm. I'm. Well, that is so big of you, sir, to let them express their own personal freedoms. Thank you so much. <laughs> But I'm not sure that there's going to be a pretty strong push. I think you're going to be backed into a corner that if you want to take part in a lot of different things, especially internationally, you really aren't going to have a choice. Well, before we move into our topic, because I'm tired of listening to you about vaccines, but (laughs) before we move into our topic, I know lots of people have been asking, are we going to do another Beyond the Circus? And we are. I don't know. It will be sometime in the next two weeks. I don't know when we were trying to wait to get as much information as we can about what was going to happen and how this was going to be. But I think the biggest deal is Trump is even making signals and letting the transition team of Biden go in. So we will have a beyond the circus and it will just focus mostly on things that we think needs to happen. So we don't have this mess again. I would think the best thing to do. Don't you, Dale? I think that is a great direction to take, and we'll probably visit a little bit about the Georgia Senate race. Oh, the mo- well, I'll be there. I'm moving to Atlanta as soon as Thanksgiving's over, so I can do it live from Hotline. I, I, I support that one vote. I will have a vote. rally, a gays for Republicans rally in the middle of a bar. I think great. that would be fantastic. I would love to see that on your snap. It'll be perfect. So, But with that being said, let's move on into our topic, why don't we? Ryan, are you ready for Louisville Legends Part 2? Duh, I was born ready. Once again, Ryan and I have the honor and the chance to visit with some of the best in our industry. Today is no different. The first Louisville legend is Sarah Sullivan. She comes to us from Dunlap, Iowa. Sarah had the privilege of showing the Supreme Heifer at the 2020 North American Livestock Exposition. Sarah, congratulations on your huge win. Thank you. So, Sarah, uh, I know you have won this prestigious title several times before. How many times is this for you now? It would be my fourth. Ha, I told you, Dale, I was right. (laughs) (laughs) That's impressive. Wow. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about your involvement in Junior Livestock Show, Sarah, your cattle operation. Just give us a brief rundown of all things Miss Sarah Sullivan. Yeah, I'm born and raised in Dunlap. Um, My show barn's in my backyard. and. I've been showing since I was like five or six, you know, I started at like County fair and then kind of worked my way to like junior nationals and then went to Louisville and Denver. And I've been showing kind of, you know, at those shows ever since. And I love it. Um, I love hanging out in the barn. I love working with my heifers and yeah, it's a passion of mine. Sarah, obviously you've, you've had an extremely successful run in, in the heifer ring and, and just the five accomplishments there at Louisville is hard to even imagine. And a lot of youth showmen just dream of, of getting to where you're at. And obviously you're putting a lot of time and effort into it. 
Are there any other activities you have time to be involved with outside of showing? So I pretty much devote my time to showing. Like I used to play sports and this and that, and I just kind of took a step back on those so I could focus on showing and just being able to have full free reign of going to shows and being able to focus on my livestock more. Cool. So Sarah, I'm I'm very aware that you had multiple breed champions in the Grand Champion Drive. So did you show the one that won personally? Yes, I did. How did you make that decision? And more importantly, how much drama was involved in picking that <laughs> one compared to everybody else? Because I know people were pulling you in all certain ways. I got the choice of which one I've got to show. That's just kind of how we do it. And um, that key heifer that I showed has always been kind of a favorite of mine. And I, you know, I treat her like special at home in the barn and stuff. So I, I knew that I wanted to show her and I knew that she was the best one out of anyone out there. There wasn't any really drama with that. I mean, it was just kind of like my dad told me it's my choice and I chose, you know, the one I wanted to show and it worked out. And Oh, it would have been my choice too, but I would have made the most drama out of it. You're such a nice <laughs> person for not making it dramatic. <laughs> I would have made it very dramatic. I'd be like, I just don't know. I can't choose. Oh, my God. No, anyway. <laughs> but, sir, the game makes the most drama about everything. Ever. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that grand champion and, you know, who raised her? What is she out of? And then, you know, also what made her so special? She's uh, a key. And uh, she is a primo Huda man. And. Uh, I showed her mother, so that's kind of cool to see, like, my pasture heifers raise good ones that I get to show, and they do well, so that's kind of cool. She's bred and owned. We raised her, and so that's cool, too. Like, winning with a bred and owned is always extra special, and she was just an extra special heifer, just, like, could get out in the ring and show herself off and just drew attention to herself, and I think that's why she's so good. What are your future goals in the show ring and elsewhere in the world? In the show ring, my main goal is to, um, I really want to win Supreme at the American Royal. I've never done that before. Um, it's always been a goal of mine. I feel like I've come close a few times and just haven't quite gotten the slap. And yeah, that's my main goal in the show ring. Also, it's my last state fair. This coming summer is going to be my last state fair. And I really want to do well my last one and kind of finish my state fair career well and as for outside of the show ring I'm I'm a senior in high school so I'm like applying to colleges I want to like go get into college and figure out where I want to go and kind of that's kind of my goals right now. Excellent Sarah and do you do you, you have so many stock show youth across the country that that look up to you and and really want to try to, to follow and accomplish some of those same things that you have. Do you have any advice for those out there that, that you can give them that might help them obtain one of these goals? I feel like time flies so much. And like, I feel like each year is just goes by so fast and just to the younger crew to soak it all in and like, don't let time pass you by and just like really relish like the time that you have and, in the show ring like don't take it for granted next thing you know it's like you're about to be done showing and then it's like well oh my gosh what do I do you know so just like really take things in and be grateful and 
stay humble. Those would be my biggest advice. Excellent, Sarah. Now, is there anybody, obviously, you've, you've accomplished a great deal and uh, you've had a lot of support and, and people behind you. Is there anybody you'd like to thank uh, for getting you to, to the place you are today? Definitely my crew at Sullivan Farms. They're the best in the business. They, you know, they know what they're doing. I trust them. I couldn't ask for any better help. And definitely my parents, because they were the ones who got me involved and they do everything they can, you know, to make sure I'm successful and have the heifers I want, get them to where we want them to be. They just like the perfect group of people behind me. That's great, Sarah. I do have one other question before we let you go. Dale's letting you off the hook too easy. So you're about to, you're a senior, you're applying for colleges. Give me your top three picks. The world wants to know. Okay. <laughs> my, um, so I applied to four. My top three, I guess, would be. Um, you can you can give us all four. That's easy. Okay. Okay. So I applied to um, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and Purdue. Awesome. Well, Sarah, again, congratulations on such a monumental achievement. And again, being your fourth one, that is just mind-blowing. But you are a wonderful, hardworking young lady. Is very well deserved. And I bet you get that champion slap at the American Roll before you're done. Thank you so much. And Sarah, thank you. Obviously, incredible success. You, you are truly a Louisville legend. We appreciate you taking the time to record with us. Thank you, guys. Our next Louisville legend comes to us from Generette, Louisiana. Her name is Carrie Landry, exhibitor of the Supreme Champion Overall Guild. Carrie, congratulations. Thank you very much. Carrie, why don't you tell us a little bit about your livestock program, how you came to be in this industry? Just give us the 411 on all things Miss Louisville Champion Guilt America. Well, for as long as I can really remember, um, I've been around livestock. You know, my my dad and his sister showed, and that it's actually kind of funny. My mom swore before they had kids that her kids would never show livestock, especially pigs. And now we've shown every species of livestock at just about every show in the country. And from that, we've had a great career, both me and my sister. Um, we've shown from any firm and every firm that had good livestock. And it's something that we truly love. And I, I don't think I'd be where I am or um, have done anything like I have if it wasn't for the livestock industry. Excellent, Carrie. And and obviously, you're very dedicated to that and, and the success that you've had. It takes a lot of your time. Have you been involved in other things outside of the show ring or, or pretty well dedicating everything to the junior show ring? And so currently, I am considering judging here at Oklahoma State, which is where I go to school now. As go Pokes. Of course, of course. Aside from that, really, I do help my mom run her boutique. And that's pretty much what I do. And I love the livestock industry and whether that's my aspect to where it's turning to now and helping other kids and their projects, because I mean, my show career is slowly finishing up, which is ultimately very sad, very, very sad, but it's just changing the aspect of what I do. And it's still something that I never, ever see myself getting out of. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I heard something about a boutique here. I need more info. What, what, what boutique? Where is this boutique? What do you sell? Is there anything sparkly in it? Like, give me some information. Well, of course, there's a lot of sparkles. But my mom actually owns Bling Me, and she sets up at all of the shows around the country. And so I do all her social media management and stuff like that. 
do you have a discount for people that put you on their podcast and like give free advertising as I just did? I'm just wondering, you know, like, is there a possibility there? Like a gay 10%. We can. Yes. <laughs> we can make something happen. I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that afterwards. But uh, so obviously you're at Oklahoma State. And again, go Pokes. And when you were in high school, did you do anything else besides show? Or was that pretty much your focus? So we pretty much showed. And that was that was it for us. And it was kind of a thing that we had to make a decision if we were going to do sports and go that route, or if we were going to show and do it to our fullest extent. And for me and my sister, I don't think it was ever really a question if we were going to choose anything else over showing livestock. Um, it was just second nature to us to be out in the barn, and it's something we wouldn't have changed. Yeah, I was the same way, girl. Sports just didn't do it for me, obviously. So, yeah, I did the whole livestock thing. Tell us about your grand champion at Louisville. Where'd she come from? What's she out of? Sired by? Damn, you know. And what do you think gave her that winning edge over the – rest of immense competition that was on display at Nally 2020. So for her, she was one that came out of the one and only Wintex Farms, of course. She was what would be a swinging on Teen Spirit's littermate sister. Other than that, she was just special. I mean, that's the only way to put it is she was unique. And the only thing that we could say in the ring and the only thing that came over the mic is you could fit others inside of her. But after that, she could still go and she was as cool looking and as stout made as they come and one that even from a personality perspective, you didn't want to challenge her because she just, she came after you with all she had. <laughs> Impressive. And Carrie, I know that obviously you're, you're at Oklahoma state right now. I don't know age wise, how many more years do you have left at the national shows? So I could show for three more years, but really my sister finished her last show in Louisville this fall. That was her last show. And for me, I'm really trying to convince my dad that I have one more in me and I want to show this summer and then be done. But Jared Landry will never be caught dead walking a pig. So <laughs> so there's nobody at home to walk to walk the pigs. Not at the moment. So there's a little challenge on getting pigs to still water, but we'll get it figured out. I have an idea. I have a better no, idea, but we'll let Joe no, go first. You cannot have a better idea. Carrie, I believe, and I, I hope I'm correct on this, that you may have traveled the country a little bit with the infamous Eric Fugate. Oh, definitely, of course. We he doesn't he doesn't work very hard. We could ship him down there and have him walk the pigs with his bum knee and bad hip. See, I don't I don't think they'd get around very well. <laughs> I don't know if they would either. But uh, that 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 is, is not nearly as good. A go idea ahead, as go I ahead. Have. It's time for the game. So. I'm sure most of our listeners are aware that my <laughs> touring sister, Kelly, is at grad school at OSU right now. So, girl, what we'll do is is I will come up there and we will walk your pigs down the strip at night. And I can stop in and get a drink every once in a while. And we'll continue your exercise program for your pigs. It'll be fabulous. <laughs> I think it'll work. Oh, it, might, it might work. Carrie, once, once you ever- – It would make for amazing Snapchat, <laughs> if nothing else. Carrie, do you have a direction on, on where your career path in college and beyond are going? So right now, I am animal science biotechnologies. And from that, I am very interested in the genetic side of stuff, but um, still have the option to go to vet school and focus on large animals if I would like to do that. And so I'm not completely 100% decided, but that's definitely where I lean on what I'm going to do. 
Excellent. I think that that leaves it wide open and in an area that's exciting and interesting to me. So I caught on something here that you said Louisville was your other sister's very last show. Yes, she is done. And you beat her at her very last show. Well, well, the guilt had always been mine. You beat her, period. Ma'am, it says (laughs) your name is the exhibitor. I'm just saying. She she probably wasn't ecstatic about that, but the guilt had always been mine, and she uh she probably had the better set of barrows in our opinion as we went. But all right, well, just let me tell you something. I'm glad you stuck to your guns and kept your guilt because I had an older brother, and they always thought that I should give up my animals to him, and that never worked out. So I'm glad there is somebody else like me that said no. This one's mine. I'm keeping it. So good for you, young lady. And I'm sure your sister was very happy for you after she got after the little brief moment. Like, eh, but yeah, that's fine. Um, Do you have any advice for any other exhibitors out there that aspire to win a show as prestigious as Louisville? Well, I probably have two pieces of advice. And the first one is definitely as I come to the end of my show career, it's become more apparent to me and it's probably to savor every moment. I mean, every fight that I had with my sister over exactly that on who gets to show what pig or every time that your nerves are at a high as you go in the show ring, it's it's very important to remember that those come to an end. And as my show career is coming to an end, it's definitely bittersweet and I won't get out of it and I'll just change the aspect of what I do, but it's, it's definitely come to realization that savoring every moment is so important. And then um, after that, probably the second one that's become more apparent this year is not to give up. The people in the industry that do it, and I mean, especially the crew at Louisville, they do it for the kids. They didn't do it for any other reason except to make the kids and to honor what we do every day and the work that we put in. And so as exhibitors, it's probably that we shouldn't give up because they're not going to give up on us. And that's just super important. Well, that is very wise words, young lady. And then the last thing before we let you go on back to your general life. And do you have any shout outs that you want to give to people that have helped you along the way and helped you in terms of your success over the years? Well, first off, I mean, it's, it's kind of bittersweet, but definitely to thank my sister and my dad because without them we wouldn't have shown and we wouldn't be where I am and those are the two people my sister pushes me every time I get in the ring and she pushes me further at home and anytime um my dad simply without him I wouldn't show livestock and that's just very very important and then following that any breeder or anybody who throughout my entire show career has put any faith in our program and our ability to get things shown and get things done. and Excellent, Carrie, and, and very well-spoken, and we're we're excited. I have a feeling you're going to have a very bright future, whatever direction you, you choose to go, and obviously have had a, a great show career, and I think you're a, a shining example of what can come from the stock show industry, and, and I think that's going to be with you for a very long time. We absolutely appreciate you coming on Beyond the Ring with Ryan and I, and good luck in your future. Thank you very much. Congratulations again, girl, and again, I'm sure you're going to do great things no matter what you decide. Thank you. Our next Louisville legend is Bryn Shuey, who exhibited the Supreme Champion Commercial U at the 2020 North American Livestock Exposition. Bryn, congratulations. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me, guys. So, Bryn, give us a little bit of information about your life, your loves, your habits, and all <laughs> things livestock that you've been doing your whole life? 
Okay, my name's Bryn Shuey. I'm 21 years old. Um, I live in Danville, Indiana right now. I work full time for my family business. I kind of do like the financial bookkeeping side of things. My parents own like appliance and furniture stores around Indiana. So that's what I do right now. Um, I was a 10-year 4-H member. I showed sheep and pigs um, all 10 years. And then the last couple years, I've been showing on the circuit, um, showing sheep and then at national shows. Um, and then my boyfriend, um, Colin Dino and his family, they own Dino Livestock. So we've been buying used. Colin and I own some used together. Um, we've been showing on the circuit and trying to raise some club lambs. So that's what we've been doing. It sounds like you're very involved. And in 21, would this be your last Louisville then? Yes, that was my last show ever, actually. Um, ever? You're done? Yes, I am retired officially. Well, that's a hell of a way to go out with a bang. It definitely was. I, I've i kind of struggled with it since we've been home. <laughs> um, we have no show sheep on feed at all. Um, the barn is empty, so we were like just kind of sitting around. We're like, what do we do now? We have nothing else to do. Well, this week, you're, our well, whole life is around show sheep. So, yeah. This week, you're going to invite other family members from multiple households into one and hopefully not get arrested on Thanksgiving. Brent does <laughs> yeah. not want to go to jail, Dale. <laughs> it's legal in Indiana, it's perfectly legal. Brent, do not listen to anything this man says. He has been trying to get the most people locked up, it's just like <laughs> his new thing. You know, okay. you know what we could ask Bryn right now, Ryan? Oh, uh, wait, She is 21. Bryn, did you vote by any chance? I did. I did vote. And you know I could ask her who she votes for, and I'm 99% sure who she's going to say, Ryan. But I'll leave it alone because you get upset every time I do that. You're not supposed to infringe on people's personal rights like that, Dale. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll go back to another question. Bryn, we'll go to a much more boring question. Okay. Oh, Through high school and, and recently – Obviously, you were involved in showing livestock, and that took a lot of time. Were you involved in anything outside of the show ring, sports, anything like that? Yeah, in high school, I was involved in sports. I played softball, volleyball, and basketball. Um, and then I kind of slowly phased out of it because I was just obsessed with showing livestock, and I didn't have time to balance it all. Um, so then I just kind of focused on showing I showed pigs and on the circuit. And then recently we went to the Arizona National Livestock last year. Colin and I did. Um, and I had champion purebred you overall there. That was like the best show I've ever been to. Definitely. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. So that was super fun. And then just the past two years showing on the circuit has been super fun. I agree with you that Arizona National is obviously the best show because they hired the guy. But other than that, <laughs> I mean. And Ryan, Ryan, do you see a pattern here? When we, we talk to a lot of these individuals that have won major titles that I'm not saying that sports isn't something that, that works out really well. For None a lot, of us did sports. We just well, did livestock. Yes. Some, some did play some sports, but at some point they decided that to do something really well, they maybe shifted into the livestock. And I'm sure some people went away from livestock and into sports and became very successful. But I think that the point of the, the story is it's, it's difficult to do everything extremely, extremely well. And these young people that we're interviewing, that have won Kansas City or won Louisville, it's hard for, for me to explain. Maybe Bryn can help us out here and explain just how much it takes to get to that point. But I'm sure this is just like Arizona was, was a big win for you. This was a huge win. That's something that you shoot for for a long time, almost a life youth goal. How much effort does it take to get to that spot? Well, especially now that Colin and I both work full-time jobs, 
you go, you work your full-time job every day, and then you go to the barn and you work in the barn until it's dark. And that just becomes your, your life. That's all you do. And you, you realize, yeah, you might not have a social life outside of showing anymore, but it's definitely worth it whenever um, you get the handshake at Louisville and like all your hard work pays off. Um, I know whenever I won, I just started bawling my eyes out because it was like, it was just, it made me, everything paid off at the end. Um, all of our hard work and our long nights, it just paid off at Louisville. So, yeah. Girls, that is the only time it is acceptable to cry at livestock shows. Is when something <laughs> big like that. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like baseball. There's no crying in baseball. But I cried too when I won big ones, so I get it. But yeah, tell us about your grand champion at the Louisville show. Give us all the information on this individual. Okay, so my grand you, her name is Flower. Um, she's from Nathan Club Lambs in Nebraska. Uh, she had big legs. She's no super- way. Nathan Clublands? Oh, yes, Lord Nathan Clublands. Justin and Tori. <laughs> we are going to say that Tori did it all and Justin had nothing to do with it. It was all Bryn and Tori. That's all I'm going to say. It, it definitely was. The boys had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Just for the record, Tori's the one that got me your correct phone number, by the way. So she is on track. Tori is definitely the organizer of the group. Okay, so continue on. I just had to put that out there that it was all Bryn and Tori. Girl power. Next. Oh, that's fine. So she was super ham-featured. She's up and out. She just strutted across the show ring. The funny thing is, whenever she was worked in the yard, she hated being shown in the yard. But whenever she went into the show ring, she knew it was time to show. And she just she just flew across the show ring. Um, she was um, a next-level Bravo doc. Colin and I bought her out of Justin's flush sale in the spring. Um, he kind of works for Justin a little bit in the spring and he called me one night and he's like, Bryn, I found one that we need to show and we need to get it in the donor pen. And so we bought her and it was definitely the most we've ever spent on a sheet before, but it paid off in the end. Um, and we're just super thankful that she's going to be in our donor pen at Dental Livestock. So. So your boyfriend works for Justin and Tori is marrying Justin. I'm going to talk to both of you girls out privately <laughs> about y'all's name collection. But that is a totally different podcast. <laughs> Bryn, do you have any advice for other exhibitors? Obviously, you're you're kind of held up there on a pedestal right now. There's a lot of youth out there across the country wanting to get to where you what you have achieved, not only at Arizona, but obviously here at Louisville recently. What advice can you give them? How How can they get there? I would say my advice to younger kids that are just starting out, it doesn't matter how much you spend on your projects or um, what kind of resources you have. As long as you go out there and you work hard and you grind and you show people that you know what you're doing and you ask questions and you listen, the the larger people are going to notice and they're going to notice that you're doing it well and they're going to want you to show for them. So um, just keep working hard and people will notice and they'll watch and they'll listen. And then you can be a part of that crew that wins. Um, and yeah, that's what I would, that's the advice that I would give. <laughs> Bryn, that is, that is excellent. And some of the best advice that we've heard on here interviewing the different, different youth. Is there anyone out there you'd like to give a shout out to in terms of a thank you for, for what you've accomplished uh, considering your show career is now officially over? I know. I would like to thank Colin, my boyfriend, and his family. We've had so many sheep on feed, and they always let us use the truck and trailer um, to go to shows and stuff like that. I'd like to thank Justin and Tori for all their help, um, letting us 
buy some great U lambs from them and everything, everybody at Nathan Club Lambs um, for all their help. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to miss somebody, but everybody that's complimented Flower at Louisville and just just our program in general, um, it means a lot. Everybody's compliments mean a lot. And um, yeah, and thank you guys for having me on here. This is awesome that you guys have been able to um, interview everybody. Well, once again, thank you for that because that was my idea, not Dale. So I appreciate the compliment <laughs> the most. Uh, one other question before I let you go, young lady. So obviously your show career has come to an end and you seem very busy, but do you have plans to stay active in the livestock show industry and things like that? Yes, absolutely. Colin and I have been buying up use. Um, we are kind of starting our own little herd. So um, we just want to keep helping younger 4-H'ers um, and maybe I, I definitely don't want this to be the last big win that we have. I just want our younger kids to go out and have a big win like that one day, um, maybe with a sheep that we raise. So that's how I want to stay in it. I just want to raise good ones. So hopefully that's what we can do. Just wonderful. Well, thank you again for coming on here and chatting with us. You were just a breath of fresh air in every single way. And we wish you the best of luck in all of your future endeavors. And again, what a tremendous way to close out what was a very, very successful show career. So again, congratulations, young lady. Thank you so much. Ryan, another set of, of great youth that are now legends of Louisville. I appreciate all of them coming on, and it was an experience for us to, to get a chance to visit with them. We're going to move on to question and answer. The first one comes to us from John Holder. As an industry, how can we address the politics in the show ring? Oh, Ryan, he's kind of, he jumped right out there ahead of us on this one a little bit. Well, that's just rude because this is like the start of the year podcast. Maybe we should maybe we should let people know that right now. Like that's how we were going to start out 2021. It is, John. That wasn't very nice of him, was it? Why would you pick this question, Dale? You're ruining everything. <laughs> I think that you should maybe just explain that, or I can explain in, in 2021. 2021 is be such a better year than 2020. Our very first episode in 2021, Ryan and I are going to very, very transparently address politics in the show ring. Again, now you've taken the whole element out of surprise. It's gone. Gone. Well, before Ryan and I committed to actually host this podcast, we we discussed many things and reasons why we should dedicate a good portion of our time to this project. We both agreed that if a platform could educate and become a voice to better the industry, that it'd be worth doing. And I think this exact topic on politics in the show ring needs to be discussed. I don't think it's something that a lot of people want to talk about. I don't think people are comfortable talking about. And I quite frankly don't think some people aren't going to be really excited about us discussing this as we move into 2021. Ryan, I, I, I don't know if we even want to probably approach this question or just, just push it I off. I am saving all my material for 2021. So I am hate that I cannot give out any information or any answers to this gentleman, but no, I refuse. I will riot and loot first because I'm going to wait till the podcast on politics and the show ring before I give out any info. Whatsoever, John, John we, we will take on politics along with other difficult topics, and that will be the first one that we hit moving into 2021. And I would also like to state that Dale said something about the commitment to the podcast. What I committed to was yelling at Dale. 
That is what I committed <laughs> you, to. You've succeeded. You you get that done every I single I committed week. to yell at Dale. And like people ask me, <laughs> why did you do this? How did y'all come up together? I said, he told me I could yell at him. There are not many people <laughs> that will let you. Yes, you can yell at me and you get to do it. I mean, I don't get paid for this, but I get to yell at Dale. So it's great. And it all works out just fine. Exactly. Okay, let's let's move on to our next one. Jacob Marlowe. My question is for Dale. We're fairly new to showing goats. This was our third year, but first year being serious about it. We were fortunate to win our state fair replacement show. You always talk about the day-to-day work that goes on into winning a major show. I feel we have a pretty good routine, but we're always looking for ways to improve. Would you share what goes on into a day at the goat in the Hummel Livestock Show Barn? So wait, stop, stop, stop. So evidently, Mr. Marlowe thinks that I know nothing about how to raise a goat. (laughs) He doesn't know you showed goats. I had the first ever grand champion goat at the State Fair of Texas. I just want everybody to know. May may I ask what year that would have been? No, you cannot because you would really like to know. You never ask a lady her age. I don't even know that I knew what goats were at that time. Uh. You don't even know how old I am, sir. So No, no, I don't. I can predict. If and it like was not do. exactly a market weather goat show. There was all kinds of interesting shit happening. But I want you to know, sir, <laughs> Mr. Marlowe, I have raised a goat or two in my life. But go ahead, Dale, Mr. Goat Expert. <laughs> Jacob, I, I, I guess I don't know where to start. And, and I think this is one that maybe Brian and I will break down in, into multiple species and no, go through. No, not me. The question wasn't for me. It's just for you. <laughs> I will break down into into several species the individual steps that that we would would take in in our barn and the the simple things and I'm going to summarize this just a little bit. Every level of competition in the stocks arena is becoming increasingly more competitive. At this point, everything needs to be done well, and the dog agrees. The dog is is in full agreement with that <laughs> one. With full emphasis on on I guess when I talk about detail and we we can't leave room for error. We talk about this all the time. It may be easier to look at all the things that are not implemented that will take you out of the game or take you out of contention than maybe all the things that you need to do. And a few of those would be just the basics. And, and I, I keep going back to this, and I think people think it's too simple and they, they don't believe that's what we really focus on. But if we can, we can get fresh water in front of them, when I say fresh water, change twice a day when it's cooler, three times a day in the heat – I'm talking about water fresh enough that you're not afraid to drink out of that bucket when we rinse that bucket and wipe it out and and refill it. When we think about water intake and feed intake, we're going to see variations in water intake throughout the seasons. In hotter weather, obviously, it's going to go up. In cooler weather, it's going to come down. But you'll always see a direct correlation between feed intake and water intake. And if we're feeding these individuals every single day and we're paying attention to that water intake, We actually fill our buckets up to the same level every time we refill those buckets so we can monitor how much they're drinking. And everything is an indication or a sign on how well that animal's doing. If they go to the feed aggressively, how much they're consuming, how they're holding themselves in the pen, there's so many things that come into play. And this isn't something that can necessarily be taught, but it's an accumulation of knowledge and experience that you gain over the years. And it continues to take you to the next level. And each and every day, you can adjust what you're doing in terms of feed or exercise or working those animals to try to accommodate that end goal of, of success at, at a major show. Next one would be some type of, of feed that is fresh and local to your area that's consistent in supply. And I'm not as concerned, at least with our genetics, what feed that is, but more so 
what the palatability is. I want that animal to go to feed hard and I want to be able to control how much they consume rather than me begging them to consume as much as, as I would like them to each and every day. So a fresh feed that that's extremely, extremely palatable is, is going to be there. Maybe the most overlooked simple thing we can do is parasite control. We're running fecals every week here and we're checking our own parasite levels. And obviously we can treat accordingly after we look at that fecal and, and adjust. But right now we've got a lot of coccidia out there in, in sheep and goats and even a little bit in cattle across the country. And I, I can't explain why there's so much, but each year I think we're getting a little more resistance in coccidia and it's becoming more and more difficult to treat. And there's very few samples. We have clients send samples in from goats and sheep and whatever they have in the barn feeding, they're welcome to send the sample in and we're happy to run a fecal on it. And very seldom do we have a sample that doesn't come back with some level of coccidia. So simply keeping that in check is going to go a long ways. And we can do everything right. And if we don't have fresh water in front of them, we don't have feed that they want to eat, we have some level of parasite that's affecting things, any of those things can take us out of the game. Beyond that, working leg hair properly, trimming feet on, on a regular basis, doing what you can to make sure their show broke and not extremely barn sour like, like many goats can get. But we can go to a lot of different directions and, and be happy to spend more time on it. But hopefully that gives you at least a, a little short list. And I, I can't emphasize enough that it is the basics that we're doing. And I think doing the basics really well and consistently every single day that eventually gets you to that point. But it becomes almost an art by paying attention to, to how that animal's acting, how they're consuming feed, how much water they're consuming, how they're responding to exercise, and we continue to adjust and tweak those things. But Ryan, let's hear about your champion goat at Dallas. Um, what would you like to know, sir? Did you, did you make sure he was drinking enough water and eating enough feed? Uh, it was, it was the dough. So oh, okay. sure. <laughs> Got it. So we just put some hair on her and it was fine. Basically. Yeah. Uh, it, again, this like people don't know this, but we actually had some of the first boar goats in the United States and Texas. We got in on the fed early. We had something called the East Texas boar goat connection and they did have, and these weren't full bloods, by the way, they were, you know, crossed and all this other kind of weird stuff, but they did have a goat show at the state fair of Texas for juniors. And it was kind of a catch all and like, there were dairy goats and my doe and all kinds of weird. <laughs> but you did win. Yeah. Duh. I'm impressed. Very impressed. She was very cool. And like I braced her like a sheep and everybody told me I was cheating and I still won and I don't care. So now, but, you know, you know what I would love to see? What? I, I know I'm going to have to call Sheree on this one, but if we could get a picture of that goat up on, on Beyond the Rings Facebook page. I think she has a picture, actually. I don't know. But like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not like – there was drama involved because, like, there were no rules. <laughs> there were no rules. So we fit ours and yeah. I braced it and it was clipped. And, like, all these other people didn't do those things. And of course, I won. And, yeah, uh, they were I, And I understand, Brian. And, and when we first got started, bracing a goat was not completely acceptable. And when we started fitting legs, especially for sale goats and, and going into some of these shows, and especially when we put a halter on a goat and not a damn neck chain, that, that ours wouldn't respond to, that the the traditional goat world thought everything was coming to an end. Well, yeah, no, that, that's what happened. But and you were you were you were at the, the cutting edge of that. You 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 showed them what it could be very early on. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to be real honest. I was not heavily involved in the East Texas <laughs> Goat connection of it all. 
jump in and said, you're showing this goat. And I was like, okay. So I just kind of braced it like sheep. And there you have it. It happened. (laughs) We have one question left from Jimmy Dalton. If your family has not been involved in showing livestock, what is the best way to get started? Well, that is not a very easy question. No, it is not. That's why you're going to answer it. <laughs> I mean, that's like the mother of all questions. That is all you. Jimmy, I, I'm going to set this one out. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, well, if you want to get involved, I obviously you've somebody close to you has been involved in this because, again, I say this a lot. Just a car, used car salesman doesn't just wake up one morning and say, well, hey, I'm going to show and sell livestock for a living. But uh, I guess the best thing that I could tell you is if you have anyone close to you or your family that is involved, uh, I would probably go with them. And like if they're showing whatever species they're showing or if there's anyone close to you, like in close proximity, I'm talking mileage here. Um, that you are tight with, I would probably go the direction they are going because if you've never done it, like you're going to need daily guidance and handholding the most, I would say a lot of, and that's fine. That's what this is about. We want new people in it, but I would think the closer you have someone to you, to be able to help you with these questions and daily things, that would be the best thing to do. Uh, we've been asked before on this podcast, do you think one species is better to show than the other for a little kid or a first-timer? And I really I really don't. Again, there are three-year-olds that show many Herefords with assistance. I mean, I, I've seen five-year-old kids stick cattle in an open show by themselves completely alone. I think anybody that wants to, and depending on your dedication and your work ethic as a family, you can make any species of animal work for any single child. So I would go in the direction where I could find the most help that was readily available. That was the species that I would pick. After that, I would probably have, I would set goals that I thought were achievable in terms of the fact like I don't even know what state this family is from or anything like that but like for instance in Texas I would probably if this person was from Texas I would probably set a goal of trying to make the sale somewhere whether it's at your county or state fair or major show that would probably be an achievable goal for a first-time family that's never had any involvement And then you can just build upon that experience. Uh, Another thing that I would suggest, even though, like I said, I would find somebody in close proximity to me to be there to help me out. Uh, I would go to as many shows as I possibly could when I got this animal. And I would walk up to people and ask the most amount of questions. There's not a single one of us, no matter what how much we have won or how many years we have been doing this that still doesn't learn things on a day-to-day basis. I truly believe that when you quit learning, you quit living. And I learn something new every single day I'm at a livestock show. And so seek out those people that are successful. I know it may seem intimidating, but more times than not, those people are more than happy to talk to you, answer your questions and be a helping hand in any time. And so those are kind of the, 
big things that I think. I think it's great that there is a fan that there are families out there and you're not the only one that, you know, just want to dive in head first and don't have much experience in it. And I promise you, no matter what happens, your kids and your family are going to be way better off for being a part of this industry. So best of luck to you. Jimmy, I, I can't even add anything to that. Ryan, Ryan absolutely nailed it. And I wish you all the best of luck. And we've got another episode under our belt, Ryan. And we're on Thanksgiving week. I and hope- I hope none of y'all get arrested on Turkey Day. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't. I am not going to get arrested. I am you not going to You will be a, alone on Turkey Day. I will be alone on Turkey Day, and I am not getting arrested. And then I am going to the great state of Arkansas to judge show. I may get arrested during that. I don't know what the rules are, but I am not going to get arrested on Turkey Day. So I can say that I will avoid that part of it. But in all seriousness, I hope all of y'all celebrate with your families or at this point when this drop, we'll have celebrated with your families and did not, not listen to any of this nonsense about not gathering and not celebrating the holidays with those that you love. I just like to be funny. And I do think it's funny that there are people out there that think that they can tell people who and who they can and cannot and how many and how many households can meet for the great Thanksgiving tradition. I do find that funny. And I also want to know, and if any of y'all know these people, I want to know who wraps somebody out so if y'all know somebody that ratted somebody out on Turkey Day, y'all send us a message because I want to find these people. And I also want to know if y'all know anybody that actually had to go to someone's home and try to, like, say, oh, y'all have too many people here. Somebody's got to leave. I, I need to know these things. It's it's impossible. That cannot Who happen. Who enforces this? cannot this? happen. Who it signs cannot. up to enforce this? It won't happen. We're just going to hope that nobody gives us any of those names because I'm going to Oh, my world. I want them to give me the names because I want to talk to these people. I think it would be the most entertaining. Thank you to to all the Louisville legends that that agreed to come on and visit with us. We're not done with Louisville legends, sir. What do we have left? We have the senior livestock judging team champions. We we do have those. All the the Louisville legend showmen. How's that? Maybe some of those on that team were showmen, though. I'm sure they were. Again, I don't think they sold used cars and said, hey, I'm going to go judge for K-State. They, they may have. Chris, is, Chris has got a lot of talent. <laughs> There's no doubt on that. But so be safe until next week. Thank you for listening. Happy Turkey Day, everybody. Y'all come back now. You hear? <laughs>